You're listening to The Tuesday Club with Sean and Kyle. Hello, you're listening to The Tuesday Club, episode two, coming to you from the Brit Pub in Carmarvon, just up the Avon Valley with me, Sean Holly, and the fantastic Kyle Reese. Hello. How are you? Very good, very good. No, you're not. You're not very well. No, I'm not very well, but it isn't self-inflicted. It's not rugby fan-related. Really? Actually, no, it is really genuinely. I think I've just caught a little bit of uh, an illness that's going around. You look like you've been crying for like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was crying at a happiness yesterday that England lost. <laughs> episode two, mate. Episode one went down well. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I was really surprised, actually, because um, I hate the sound of my own voice. Uh, all actors hate the way they look on telly and stuff, but I also hate the way my voice sounds. So I just thought people, especially people who knew us, who uh, were listening, I just thought oh, it's going to be Kyle uh, ranting and raving, but we've actually had some really, really great feedback. Uh, actually, we had some good feedback from Americans, who are obviously your followers from Outlander, who said they love the dulcet tones of us two Welshmen. Yes, and I just want to say uh, thank you to all those listeners, and not just in America, we've had listeners in 14 different countries, yeah. so it was great. Um, but just on the note of the Outlander fans, uh, we've got a very special guest in today. It is Phil John, Welsh director, who was also directed Outlander season two, I think, Phil? I did season two. Uh, I got f- two episodes, and then they love my shit so much, they gave me another two. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, obviously we posted on social media today saying that you were coming on, and uh, straight away, you yeah. know what the Outlander fan page Oh, they're is amazing. Like. They're they amazing. were straight on. They were like, just to remind you, Kyle, Phil directed four episodes, <laughs> just as uh, we pray, and I was like, yes, yes, I know. <laughs> but no, I was very lucky enough to work with Phil as well, just before Christmas, on Bang uh, Season 2. Season 2. So uh, we'll get into a bit of that later on as Lovely. well. So, but thank you very much for coming down today. It's a delight. It's lovely to see you. See, this is why I wanted to do Tuesday Clip, right? Forget all the hardcore rugby, right? I want to meet people like Phil. And I know we've got some <laughs> other special guests coming up in the coming weeks. But um, look, today's going to be about us meeting Phil, hearing all about his directing, his career and so on. We've got to reflect a little bit, Kyle, on the Six Nations because what a win was for Wales. Oh, mate, brilliant. I mean, it's, it's always nice having Italy at home because it's not, it's not so nice to say about them, but they're, they're never really there to challenge people apart from the first year of the actual Six Nations where I think they beat Destiny in the Millennium Stadium. Don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was a great game. Again, Josh Adams was class. But anyway, we'll get into all the rugby stuff later. We will. Later on, we'll be going down the blind side and asking Phil a few tricky questions off the field. We've got Oscars, BAFTAs to talk about. We look ahead to next week's Six Nations game as well. And if that's not enough, I caught up with Gethin Jones. Welsh. Well, it was good, mate. We've got, we got a little segment later on. He's an all-round good guy, rugby nut, and... But bit of a businessman as well. But uh, yeah, had a nice conversation with him in a in a pub in Cardiff, and uh, we'll we'll do that a little bit later on. Do you know Gethin, Phil? I don't know him personally. No, handsome though, isn't he? Oh, he's a, yeah. He's, he's one of those guy. guys, he's right? Gorgeous, he's one yeah, of these. Guys, which when you meet, he's he's sort of he's sort of too good looking, you know. Can I just he's make too a too much of a nice guy? He's great bloke. Can I make a point? What is it right with Welsh famous people with the surname Jones? They're all famous, they're all Welsh, they've all got jet black hair and lovely, stubbly, great black beards. Yeah. What is it? You've got Stephen Jones. Don't, don't mention Stephen Jones, Gethin will unfollow us. <laughs> well, sorry, Geth, but... Geth will about. unfollow us. I was talking about rugby Stephen Jones. Oh, yeah, of course you were. Oh, come <laughs> on now, there. he's the rugby man. Um, who else? You've got Kelly Jones, Stereophonics. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what? I just don't get that. Yeah, it's a few Joneses. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe it's like actors from Batalba to something in the water. Or directors. Or directors, yeah. You're yeah, not from Batalba, though. No. Where are you from, Phil? Newport. Newport. Mm. Newport. In the Abu Still Valley, isn't it? It's like the most invisible part of Wales you can imagine. Dragon's Boy, is it? Yeah. No, Neath. I was Neath because my dad's from Neath. So. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. That's not too bad then. It's lovely, yeah. We are getting closer. But, I mean, tell us a little bit about your world. You know, you just done bang again. and uh, I'm a kind of jobbing director. I suppose I've been going for about 20 years, um, you know, full-on career-wise. Um, something I've always wanted to do ever since I was about eight. My dad had a Super 8 camera, and we used to make, you know, animate teddy bears and car crashes and all that stuff. And then I'd go to school, and they'd say, what do you want to be? And I'd say, I'm going to make films. And they'd say... What else would you like to do? <laughs> go into chemistry? <laughs> <laughs> go up the Forestry Commission. Somebody said I should go up there because I like, you know, nice landscapes. So, yeah, no, it was a dead loss. I mean, you know, we had the best, one of the best film schools in Newport at the time. No one told me there was a film school in Newport. And of course, I was dull as shit anyway. What was that school? Newport Film School. Oh, right, that's I, I, ultimately, I went there okay. and uh, did my BTEC and it started from there, basically. Yeah. But it took a long time. Yeah. I just didn't have the confidence. Do you know what I mean? I'm sort of a working class kid from Cross Keys. Yeah, and, and that's, a, that's a fact about Welsh Welsh people, particularly Welsh boys. I coached a lot of them, and you know, there's there's that lack of self confidence, lack mm. of self belief. I'm glad you mentioned B Tech there because there's always been this stigma of A levels and this that and the other. My sons have done it. Well, my elder son did a couple of B Techs. He's now in Loughborough studying history, and my second son is doing three B Techs, and that's a lot of work. But three. yeah, it's a lot more project, vocational based, and yeah. sometimes for, for industries like yours, it can be better off. I think it allows you, if you're not academic, I'm not academic, not interested, Same. and uh, I can't, <laughs> I can't string two words together. But I can, I'm a really good director, filmmaker. I can tell stories. And it, it so I sort of went for something that was low maintenance in terms of ac- academia, you know. And I ended up making films and editing and learning all of that stuff. And it was the best time, best time. I've got, I got to ask you, Phil, right? Because uh, I've been thinking about this. As a former rugby coach, well, am I still a former? Yeah, Pro- former. I probably am former at the moment, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. Do, doing a podcast with Kyle Reese. You might be a rugby coach again soon, who knows? Who knows? Who Next knows? season, Sean <laughs> Lee for the Ospreys. Watch the Hashtag. <laughs> Don't start that. But anyway, so... You know, I imagine I see directors when I do my TV work and they've got obviously the talent, which would be actors, you've got runners, you've got producers, you've got editors, you'll have maybe have, I don't know, stunt people on, you've got all yeah. these people under you. I, I'm wondering, is it a bit like being a rugby coach? You know, you have to manage, manage all these people? You have to, I think it is. I think you have to, it's like a village. It's like 60, 70 people. Yeah. Mm. And they're all going, do you want this or that? And as long as you can go, I want that, you don't even know if you really want that. But you, <laughs> so as long as you say it with some conviction people will sort of trust you and it's and that's fine yeah it's, it is about confidence what what's the line that you give an actor if he or she hasn't delivered it exactly as you want it there's a way of talking to actors there's a way of you don't say be happier laugh more <laughs> you know you give them that's that's terrible direction what you do is that you give them something they can play and i generally do it with verbs you know if it's some, if i'm not getting something out of someone i might say seduce them seduce and so they have some kind of memory of what those muscles are, and it might get me closer to what I'm looking yeah. for. I mean, generally speaking, I work with such a great level of cast anyway, I'd, I'd just get out of the way. But mm. if, you're, if you're with newer actors, then I, I think it's a question of getting in there and finding the verbs. Imagine ma- ma- saying that to Alan Wynne-Jones, Al, second <laughs> half. Seduce. Seduce. <laughs> Seduces me. I think he would. I think he would, Al. Uh, yeah. so, I think he'd be good at it as well, though. <laughs> I just want to go back on something you said there when you, you say you just give verbs to actors. Obviously, 
we worked together briefly um, just before Christmas. Um, there was a scene, and he came up to me, and it was an action, and there was no verbs for me. He was like, "Kyle, <laughs> chop that wood." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which I just thought was quite a funny story. And then there's me then just smashing up this wood. Which, I <laughs> which you missed. I, I, I seem to recall you missed. I did. You I swung did. the axe and you missed the bloody one block of wood. You had one job. One job and I messed it up. But you see, that's, that's good. If I'm giving you verbs, you're like, oh shit. What? <laughs> I'm not doing it. When you talk about academia and stuff, I, I'm not an academic. I've never been academic. I'm not stupid, but I'm just not somebody that will, like, you know, I don't, or most actors were like, every time you go to, I go to a new job or a new set, it's just actors going, oh, I read this book and I've read this book and I've read 10 books today. And, and I'm just sitting there going, I, to be honest with you, I, I don't read much. No. I just I play just, FIFA. I, well, no, it's Rugby 20 now. <laughs> just, it's Rugby 20 on the Xbox. <laughs> but I, I, that's, that's not something I've ever been. Even when I went to drama school, yeah. like me and this boy, we went from Gossain and the two of us, and they took take two Welsh people every year in the Royal Scottish Academy of Music and Drama. And we went up, and he was a, an actor who was a bookworm. And when we went up there, and they, the first thing they said was, right, this is the list of books you need to bring. And on that list was, was An Actor Prepares by Stanislavski. And every actor or anyone in this industry knows about this book. Basically, he goes on, right? And this, this is why I've always thought um, method acting is, you know, it's not a really good method. I suppose if it works for some people, fine. But for me, it's flawed. This actor, he's in um, a Russian uh, repertoire company, which is, they use the same actors all year round. And he's playing Othello, and Othello is black. So he goes home, and he can't really get into <laughs> oh, no. the character until he puts <laughs> no. chocolate fudge cake on his face. And that's where the whole method acting thing <laughs> comes from. Okay. And then mm. my mate's reading that, and he's like, oh yeah, I get, I get a lot from that. I'm just thinking, right, if you're playing, and it's, we are touching on some uh, subjects here that, you know, can be sensitive, uh, but if you're playing somebody that's, you know, going around the streets, terrorizing the streets, beating people up, or, you know, a, a woman beater, or anything like that, Christian Bale, he's not going to go and start beating women up, is he? Just <laughs> get, to get, just get in the mean? character. Like. So how does he get into that character? I, you know what, I think my idea, my theory about it is there's two types of acting. There's the British theatrical tradition of acting where they construct a performance every time and they nail each beat every time and you get the same performance every time. I was filming, I did a documentary on Carl Francis's one of the Hollywood 10 and um, who's that lanky, leery guy? Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum right? I love Jeff Goldblum. He's fantastic, but... Um, and I, I remember walking into this casino in Madrid and there was this, there, there he was, like walking, but in slow motion across the casino floor. And I thought, that's really weird. So I went and said, are you all right? I said, I'm Phil. He went, oh, hi, hi. Yeah, great to meet you, da, da, da. And he was fine. He was ordinary then. But then he went back to walking in slow motion. It's like they draw the attention somehow. Yeah. And I watched him filming a scene. They did 13 takes of this one scene. It's quite a long scene. And um, he did something different every time. A different inflection here, a different rhythm there, something else. And I love that. I love the idea that you're going to find something you didn't get last time. And I asked him, I said, so wha what's that about? You know, you did like 12, 13 takes. He says, oh, you know, I work with this guy called um, Sanford Meisner. And, and he, says that he said that uh, his theory was that um, acting is like, you know, you're being a, a puppy or a baby. You know, they are totally focused, unconsciously focused on what it is they're doing. And they become really interesting. So he says, I, 
just wait for a sound or something different will happen and I'll, something will catch my eye and I'll look at it and then I'll work around that. And But every scene he did, it was like 12 times, but it was different. But when you watch him, you sort of think he's a bit quirky. I think I read some of these, an acting coach as well, isn't he? Oh, I'm uh, sure he is, yeah. But uh, you mentioned him, Jeff Goldblum. Who's perhaps the most interesting or the most impressionable actor that you've worked with? Don't feel obliged to say me, Phil. You he's not going to, to Kyle, don't worry. <sighs> One day, maybe. Most interesting actor. Most interesting actor. Or the best actor. Who's the best actor you've worked with? I would say Maggie Smith. I think Maggie Smith is a genius. Why, why is that? She, she has this ability to... There's no, there's no fuss about the performance. It's just she delivers the line. And if it's meant to be funny, it'll be incredibly funny. And the timing is immaculate. She's done... You know, I've watched her for years and years and years. 30 years and loved it. I'm, I walked into, a, uh, into onto the Downton set and she oh. was there and I walked up to her and went, uh, Maggie, I'm Phil. I'm the next book director. I've loved you forever. I'm going to have you shot up by five o'clock. She said, and can I swear? She said, I don't give a fuck what time you shoot me up by. And then she stormed off. Really? <laughs> yeah, she's a demon. She's a monster. <laughs> she's like a monster. But She seems to be getting better with age as well. And you watch her on Downton. Oh, and she's, she's like just immaculate. Everything she does, you're like, even whilst you're sobbing with the of what she's just said to you mm. when she delivers stuff it's extraordinary brilliant what you got coming up a uh, couple of movie adaptations possibly I've hopefully got a film with Anthony Hopkins in the summer wow wow but all of a bite well it went uh, tits up I think in the summer you could say we were just closing finance and then something happened and we lost the money oh. but he's still attached so we're hoping we can go again uh, in July Wow, let's hope so. That'd be massive. Let there be rock. Yeah, cool. let the, oh, wow. Let there be Anthony so Hopkins. Let yeah. there be Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Phil, it's been a big weekend of rugby. Mm. Are you a rugby fan yourself? I, am, I grew up with it. Um, I've been emotionally damaged by it. <laughs> <laughs> All through like, the, the 80s. Oh, God. I did go to Carbounce Park when there was a river of piss running between your feet <laughs> I've been there I've been there I don't know about that so I'm, no. I'm you're too young so yeah. you're I also went to the um, Scotland Wales match where there was 104,000 were you people. there I was there my dad took me to my first rugby trip so if you watch Crowning Years or Under Among Greatest Tries you'll see uh, that game Kyle and there's it's all standing pretty much isn't all it standing. So people standing alongside the they're, they're in the, the perimeter yeah, and then little so not running on the field, but just sort of in the in goal area. Respectfully, can you imagine yeah. that these days? That'd be brilliant. And the 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 river of yellow stuff, as Phil mentioned. Well, in the old East Stand, there would be uh, almost like a kids' school enclosure and a standing down that end. You wouldn't remember that; it's all seated for you. But it was a standing area, cheapest tickets. But there'd be all sorts in there. They put they they lift the kids over the front. So I would go as a kid. They'd lift you over and this. Uh, but the guys at the back, you couldn't get out, mate. It was like, you no know, those old 1980s football uh, hooligan footage where there's waves of uh, oh, yeah, fans. Yeah. It was like that. And so if you want to go to the toilet, you just did it there and then. So if you're at anywhere near the bottom as a youngster, you'd be getting the river of you yeah. know what. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think we'd bother those as long as wheels are winning. <laughs> no, we lost, though. <laughs> we lost. Did you watch the game this weekend? I did. What do you think? I have to watch every game. I have to. In fact, what I normally do is I go to the game and then I go home and I watch it on TV so I can get the experts view it well normally I'll do that I'll go to the game but I gotta watch it for a different reason because I can't remember the game <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not drunk I'm totally 
totally sober. It was, it was a different day for me. As you know, Kyle, normally at home games, I work hospitality. I, I make sure I go to the game, watch it live, because then I have to analyse it all on the Sunday for Scrum 5 on the Sunday night. But um, there was a bit of a different feeling card if the hospitality I was due to host was cancelled poor uptake and there was a, a lot of that throughout the city a lot of hospitality events were postponed or cancelled so I ended up taking a few of my mates and a few clients along to a restaurant a couple of pubs went to the game minibus old times old school and now I haven't done that for years and years because of my work and do you know what I bloody enjoyed myself <laughs> I tell him <laughs> I had a great time couple of pints nice meal in a in a restaurant in Cardiff walked to the game Nice seats, watch the game, couple of pints after, minibus home, absolutely delighted with it, you know? It's, it's very rare, though, that you don't don't work when Wales are playing at home. But that's my job now, is when it? Wales are playing away, you're still working on yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So it must have, been, uh, must have been a nice day, though. Yeah, it was great, man, it was great. So, good win. Um, win's a win. Uh, Italy weren't great, Kyle, if I'm honest, no. and uh, we, we'd be the first to admit that as a coaching team, I'm sure. But uh, it's a nice start for Wayne Pivak. You know, they've got some boys back in the red shirt. Reese Webb, Toby Falato, Corey Hill. Uh, you know, he got Nick Tompkins on for his first start. Johnny McNichol, first cap. So it's a nice way to build in. But um, we'll take it for now. And, of course, you know, England lost. I know everybody's been saying... I just want to touch on Nick, Nick Tompkins. A lot of people wouldn't have known who he is at all. When Wayne Pivak announced the new caps... You know, you go on the internet, you Google people, you have a look, and then you're like, oh, we, you see videos of him, you think, all right, yeah, he's pretty good for Saracens. But do you know when he came on, when um, McNichols went off, first first thing, I think the first time he touched the ball, he t- it was a turnover yeah, and a ruck. Yeah. And then he came on later when he came on for Adley Parks, and he's damn big as overrun, come back to a ruck, thrown it to him. And hmm. there's two players, you know, in arm's length of him to grab him. And he's blasted through them, like, mm. the speed on him. I thought yeah. it was brilliant. we got some good talent in that squad now. That's uh, to be said. Look, that's exciting. Phil, you, you you said you hailed from Newport, but your dad was from Neath. So did you end up going to the Knoll and watching the famous yes. old Neath team? I used to go to the Knoll. I used to love those fog-bound. I can just see the <laughs> the lights now and the, and the old blacks. It was fantastic. Yeah. And they were good. Yeah, they, they were a good team. Cross keys where I lived now. A bit rough. Yeah. I used to hear going to play cross keys. One uh, because it was always hard rugby, and uh, two, I was a kicker. You had to be careful not to kick the ball over the stand in Pandy Park because it go in the river. In the river, river. And you have to go find another ball. <laughs> it was always muddy because of the river as well. So, not my favourite place, but you know, good club. Mm-hmm. So here we are in the Brit Pub in Carmarthen up the Avon Valley. I love it, you Kyle. It's very nice, very nice. They do uh, a lovely pint of Moretti. You can come here for the game on Saturday, although it is pretty full, Gemma says. You can put the screens up. They've got a nice little cutch outside. You can go in there. Um, we won't be here, mind. Well, you won't be here. <laughs> You'll be in the sun, which I was supposed to be with you, but unfortunately <laughs> I've got... I don't know what's happened, right? The start of the Six Nations, right? We've come off the back of a great World Cup for Wales. We won a Grand Slam last year. We've got a new coach. It's all very exciting. And the first two opening games we've got, one's at home, one's away... And I've got two weddings. It's <laughs> <laughs> four weeks. Who books a wedding? And none of them are yours. On the sixth. And none of them are mine. No, I made the, the when we booked out mine and Amy's <laughs> wedding for next year, she wanted it on the on the Saturday in the last autumn internationals. Yeah. I said, no, no, we'll have it on the Friday. So I made sure it's not on the, uh, the international day. Yeah. Well, as I say, Tuesday Club, second episode. Delighted to say we got Phil with us. You know, talk all about directing films. Uh, BAFTA award winning bang more of that coming up but uh, I bumped into an old friend on the weekend Kyle to talk a little bit more about rugby do you know who that was? 
I don't. One Gethin Jones. Oh, what a lovely boy. Well, here I am, hobnobbing it around in the middle of Cardiff. Who'd I bump into but the legendary Mr. Gethin Jones? How you doing, man? Bonjour, no. I, I'm amazed I've caught up with you because you, people say I'm a busy bloke. You're, you're probably the busiest bloke in the world. Yeah, but if Sean Holly gives you a call and says you fancy a coffee in your local in Llandaff, you go, yeah, damn right, and you pay for them as well. £2.90, thanks very much. People will talk, mate. Me and you getting together on a Sunday afternoon. They're looking at us weird at the moment because you've got a big red microphone. <laughs> We're in the corner and they're just like, what are these two jokers doing? Actually, a funny story on that. I, <laughs> when I did my first BT Sport, right, with uh, Martin Bayfield yeah. and Austin Healy, which is like one of those one of those Russian dolls. They step up, you go from really That's short funny. to short to, to, to base. Do you remember Bates and Shane Williams doing ITV yeah. rugby? Do you remember that one? Viral, <laughs> didn't it? Anyway, well, well, they give me my mic, and I've got this uh, purple mic head, and we've got a big red one here. Mm. And um, Austin had a green one, and um, Bates had like a, a, an orange one. Oh. Um, and he just stopped before we started filming. He said, "Just wait there," and he took my purple one off me and put it on his. He says, I have to have the purple one. And I sort of innocently gone, why is that? And he's gone. <laughs> he's giving you the look. <laughs> <laughs> he's funny boy in eBay's. Yeah, he is Do you know a true story? Apparently, he got to the last three in playing Darth Vader, and he was supposed to be the, you, I, um, I don't watch, I'm in the 10% of the nation who doesn't watch Game of Thrones. You know the baddie in Game of Thrones? He was supposed to go for the final two audition, but he had a BT Sport game that day and was like, what do I do? It's my career or not. Could have been a very different story for Bates. Can you imagine? I can't, I, can't believe, I can't believe you don't watch it, but yeah, well, that would have been... Do you watch it? Yeah, I watched it because I, I watched it with my on kid. the plane, but you don't watch... It's not the kind of thing you watch on the plane, is no. it? You watch on a big screen yeah. with surround sound, don't you? Have you got that? I bet you got that at your house, haven't you? Sort of. Sort of. I bet you have. 90 inch. <laughs> Surround sound. We're still talking about the mic. It's like <laughs> <laughs> Bayfield, yeah. yeah. <laughs> got a purple telly as well. See, this is why I wanted to catch up with you on the Tuesday Club because what about this microphones. Co- <laughs> <laughs> this conversation could go anywhere. Yeah, I know, but I come know. on, yeah. tell us, um, tell us what's going on. Strictly's a massive thing with you. You do the takes too. Yeah. That's not. We're not really in Strictly season right now, are we? I'm back in Cardiff because of the rugby yesterday. Mm. Um, I was doing the lounges, Wales, Italy, and I had Reese Patchell, who was on really good form, funny guy, really funny guy. Told me a story that um, he got concussion uh, last year, and he can't account for 14 and a half hours of his life. But the worst bit was, right? <laughs> um, they go through the concussion protocol, and he goes, uh, "Who's your dad?" And he goes, "Yeah, Howard. Who's your mum? Whatever." And he goes, "Have you got a girlfriend?" And he went, "I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't remember." And Helen, his girlfriend, was texting him, and he's just writing back generic messages, going, "Yeah, I should be fine. A couple of weeks. Thanks for your concern." <laughs> his girlfriend. <laughs> I knew we shouldn't laugh about concussion. It was hilarious. No, no. And then Michele Campagnaro, who's been so unlucky with injury, he started at Benetton, Exeter, was at Wasps for a while. He's at Harlequins now. Did his right ACL, done his left ACL, now done his right ACL again. Went for coffee with him before, and he was telling me, I don't know if you know this. But when the Italians make their debut, they get their part of their head shaved. And you should see it. Like, I don't know if you can put it on the Twitter of the Tuesday Club, but I'll, I'll send you the picture. It's hilarious. And he made his debut in Buenos Aires against Argentina. The Pope was in town. <laughs> and he looks like something like a bad guy from Game of Thrones <laughs> meeting the Pope. So, um, yeah, it'd be good for me, I say. Weird game, though, wasn't it? Like, a win's a win's a win. But 
Yeah, it was. Anyway. Uh, you're just showing how mad you are about rugby because you love your rugby. You obviously do, do a bit of scrum five and yeah. uh, Premier Sports. Yeah, we've done a bit you've of that. And, you're uh, very, and you're very, you've uh, always been very supportive. I think we made a good team, mate. No, you're great. You're really easy to work with. You wanted the easiest to work with. But you're, you're, fun. you're also a very good rugby player. Because we did something for um, Rugby for Heroes. Remember, we did Rugby Aid. Oh, you man. played Scrum Half along with Justin Marshall, Shane Williams, Lee Burn. Who's man of the match? Hey, I was no, no. I was celebrity man of the match, which is hilarious because I played for nine minutes. I sidestepped a uh, prop from the army and Andy Gummersall, and he's never, ever forgotten it. <laughs> you must have played more than nine minutes. You've always had a go me for this because I, oh, was, the, I was the coach. You were the coach. Since Ambrook was team manager. You were more approachable at the time, more scared of him. Uh, Rory Lawson was just hogging the limelight, wasn't he? Trying yeah. to get on a score sheet. Yeah. That was hilarious, that was. Remember Louis Spence trying to run around Shane Williams? <laughs> it had it all, didn't it? It did have it all. Brad Thorne smashing the, like actors. And Lang. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what a crack that was in the yeah. week, wasn't it, with the boys and just catching up with them. Brad Thorne, most successful rugby player mm. of all time. Mm. What, a, what a great bloke as well. Yeah. You know? so I've got a telly. Yeah. So he was like, who are these uh, Towie guys? Yeah. I had to explain to him what reality TV was. Yeah. That was surreal. In a bar in Chelsea. Well, we had a big couple of nights. I remember waking up at Twickenham in the hotel, uh, let's say, yeah, let's it? say nine, 8.30, something like that. Sam big Burgess was there. Yeah, Sam Just Burgess. Just randomly having breakfast. We had a big night. I opened the curtains. I looked down. Another bus stop outside Twickenham, the, jet, no, the, the public transport. Brad Thorne is stood there in his trainers, shorts and socks from the last night, catching a bus. <laughs> Where's he? Yeah. What, to the yeah. ground? To no, not going. Off, going yeah, off. He's going yeah, he's really going. Yeah, yeah. I took a photo of it as well. I put that on Twitter as well. Okay. Do you know one of the most ex one of the best conversations I ever had about rugby was with him about why New Zealand was so good, and he was telling us telling us about the mix of cultures they have, which makes them so successful. Um, I won't go into too much. It's quite boring, but it, like for now. But it was just you know when someone like that talks, mm. you listen. Oh, yeah, too right. Mate, let's talk about you. Right, uh, thanks for coming on. I want to make it quick because we're we're both busy, man. But you're busy. You've got to go. I'm no, watching well. La Crunch. Yeah, well, yeah, that's on coming up. We just just before uh, France England. But yeah. um, tell us, you've got so much going on, and mm. I know people see you on TV and this and the other. But you've got much more than that behind you. You're a businessman as well, aren't you? Yeah, there's a lot going on. I think when I started on the telly box, I realised that it was quite. Um, it was quite a difficult industry. There's no guarantees. Um, you can't take anything too personally. So I kind of invested in business early doors. Like, and actually, when I say invest in business, I've always invested in people, trustworthy people. That's how I like to do my business. And sometimes you get stung doing that. Mm. But more often than not, you know, sort of the good people come through. So yeah, we have like a hospitality business. There's a, a fitness app that I'm involved with, um, a couple of other projects. Um, and for the majority, they're, they're all right. I do a lot of corporate work as well, which I really enjoy. I like a live crowd, as you know. And then, the, you know, the telly. The telly's tough. The telly's tough. It's a lot of hard work and being in the right place at the right time. But it's probably what I enjoy most is that buzz of live telly. I don't think there's anything quite like it. Probably, to, com to compare it, would be to something like playing live sport under yeah. pressure. You know? yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, look, i got to ask you, because Kyle always asks me to oh do yeah. this. A um, couple of things. One... <laughs> oh God, who, who public place, Sean? <laughs> Keep your clothes on. Who would play you? <laughs> who would play oh, you? I know that. Come on, which actor would play Gethin Jones in? Uh I think I, I, I'm quite happy to say that would be Matthew Rhys. I love Math. Yeah, um, Math. Right. I was in school with Matthew Rhys. You know Matthew Rhys? Yeah, yeah. Um, his brothers and sisters, um, Americas. Uh, done a lot of films. Did the Graduate Theatre. Loads of stuff. Brilliant actor. Brilliant bloke. Um, proper Welsh guys like Geraint Thomas he yeah. never forgets where he's come from do you know what I mean um, and um, I was um, I was with Matt in school and we did a show Elvis 
but we did it in the Welsh language. So it wasn't Elvis, we all had t-shirts, because there's no V in the Welsh language, so he was Elfis. <laughs> <laughs> and we all had these t-shirts with Elfis, and I was one of the dancers. So we know all the words to Elfis in Welsh. Actually, teenage in debate on party seven, get the skid to square glass. What song's that? Blue suede shoes. And I mean, on a get by a rock. Honestly, I only know Elvis songs in Welsh. Uh, and that w- that's just something you never forget, really, isn't it? Yeah. So Matt would be my actor. I love him, he's brilliant. I don't think we're going to get a better answer, Kyle, on uh, Tuesday Club for that. <laughs> Geth, look, I know you're a busy man. Thanks for joining us. Please come back on a Tuesday Club sometime in the future and have a little full pod. It will be a pleasure. Hello, Kyle. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, sir. The Tuesday Club with Sean and Kyle. What a lovely bloke, Gethin. He is a top boy. He is. Uh, where did you meet up with him? He was in a pub in Cardiff just before uh, I went to do my Scrum 5 stuff. Um, he was off just to watch the game on a bit of a day off. But he's, I've, I've known him a long time. He's always got time for you, right? And he's a smashing bloke. So um, hey, thanks to Geth for coming on the Tuesday Club. Yeah, lovely. Thanks for uh, saying hello, Geth. Hopefully I get to meet you in person one day. Matthew Reese. Matthew Reese. yes. He talked about Matthew Reese. Um I think that's quite good for him, I'll be honest with you. Matthew's a phenomenal actor. Um, I worked with him once, uh, on, we were together for a bit as well, on a TV show called uh, The Bastard Executioner, which was uh, Kurt Sutter, and it was like I got my first Hollywood job, I was so chuffed, I phoned my dad, I cried over the phone, I was like, Dad, this is it, I'm going to be a superstar. <laughs> <laughs> it broke two records for FX in America, the, the wo- most watched premiere, and the fastest decline in ratings. <laughs> Um, it was about, he went from writing about biker gangs in America, in mm. LA, uh, to writing about uh, Welsh rebels in the 15th century. It was a bit of a jump. But no, Matthew was in there, we were in together, we played Welsh rebels together, and um, we were filming for about three or four weeks, and we stayed in some lovely uh, spa hotel in Pembrokeshire. And one night, we were all going down for dinner, and we had the next day off, so it was a big table of us, all the main cast were there. And... Uh, we were sitting next to each other. So we were chatting this that, and the other. We were chatting about rugby and you know this that, and the other. And I said, uh, "Well, what do you what do you want to drink?" And he was like, "He said, oh, I'll have a red wine anyway. Five or six bottles of red wine later. Me, and Matthew, and about two other stragglers are left sitting there. We'd had a bit to drink. We asked for another one. She was like, "I'm sorry, we haven't got any bottles of right red wine left." He was like, oh, "That's fine." He said, "I'll I'll get somebody to bring them down. What's the brand?" He drank a lot in this hotel. They had no red wine left. Which uh, I thought was brilliant, but you know, Matthew, he's he is a phenomenal actor, showing young actors how to live the life. (laughs) (laughs) You worked with him before as well, Phil. Uh, Yeah, he was really kind. He did um, like a teaser reel for me to support the finance of a film playing this. He's a nice hockey player. Do you know that? Well, in real life. Yeah, yeah, in real life. Is he? Yeah. I said, I want you to play a nice hockey player. He said, well, that's lucky because I I am a nice hockey player. So, yeah, he was amazing. He was uh, just on the ice. I mean, it's exhausting. So he was exhausted. But, um, and I've seen him since... Re- I mean, I went to um, Brooklyn last year and did a show called Iron Fist. That's where he lives, isn't it? For Marvel. Yeah, he lives yeah, in Brooklyn. Yeah. So we hooked up and we went to this Welsh bar, local Welsh bar, which was closing down. Oh, no. So it's like, oh, my God. What, you know, what, what's wrong with the Welsh abroad? Well, I was just going to say as well. Why are we, we so well, invisible about every, everywhere? I, I speak to people in the States and I, I go, do you know Matthew Rhys? And they go... He's he's an American actor. I went no, <laughs> no. He's in we- he's he's a Welsh actor in Wales. But he was in the Americans. <laughs> yeah. And then they say, so where's Wales? Is that in England? And you're like, oh my god, 
They still see. They still seeing it. Yeah, There's still there's still a kind of complete lack of presence from our country, and I just don't get it. Yeah. Dylan it's Thomas spent a while in. Uh, New oh, York, yeah. didn't he? I yeah. bet you made an impression. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have, Ma- yeah. Matthew played Dylan Thomas as well, didn't he? Of course, yeah. The yeah, Edge yeah. of Love with uh, Kieran Knightley and Sienna Miller, I think. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, their Welsh accents were pretty great as well, mind. There's always a thing when you see actors, especially big names, playing Welsh people on this side. And like, this whole thing now with Stephen Graham in uh, White House Farm. Um, I was excited because I love Stephen Graham. I think he's a phenomenal yeah, actor. He and I just finished watching him in The Irishman, which I thought he was great. When I seen the adverts for White White House Farm, I thought, "Oh, brilliant!" Seen the trailer, and I thought, "Hang on, he's doing a Welsh accent. I want to I want to watch that." And he had a lot of stick for it, right? And all right, it's very difficult for somebody who isn't Welsh to do a Welsh accent because most people, like I'll get it all the time. Like as soon as I went and started working on Outlander, all the main actors, you know, Sam Hewen, Katrina Balfe, they were all, you know, taking the piss out of me and doing my accent. But you know, they end up sounding Indian, right? Because <laughs> well, genuinely, they, yeah, and. Um, I was really looking forward to Stephen Graham's. And all right, he didn't quite get... Is that the one now, the true story of the farmer's murders? Have you been watching that? Yes. Yes, that's it. Yeah, he's a bit over the top. Not that I'm an acting expert, right? He struggles, right? What he struggles with is is the words that begin with the vowels. You know our vowels? So we'll say, um, instead of saying officer... We Sean, he'll go officer, officer, yeah. and he'll lengthen that vowel yeah. at the start. Yeah. And I think it isn't a bad effort. And he got so much flack yeah. in the in the in the press and on social media. People saying, "Oh, is he supposed to be doing Italian?" And I, this, I, that, I wasn't offended, but yeah, I got to be honest. I watched it. I'm watching it with my wife and uh, quite quite enjoying it actually. Is it? Yeah, you can tell, but he's giving it a, a good go, isn't he? You know, it I has to be so. said. Yeah, yeah, he's a good actor. He is. I liked him in uh, in a few things. He's, he's done a few Scouser things, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's done. A, well, he is a Scouser. So there you go. Yeah. I think the first, the first thing he sort of hit through with was um, Snatch, wasn't it? That was. Uh, I think that was one of his. I think that uh, was his first sort of right. step up. Wow. And it was him and Jason Statham, and they played that little duo, didn't they? That's right. The, he went to buy a gun, didn't he? That's it. Um, <laughs> we got we got to go and uh, buy a gun from the German. I think that was his line, wasn't it? Something like that. But no, I think he's phenomenal. Like you know, he went from that. I think he did. Um, uh, this is England, where he played. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the character's name. He came out of prison, and he was the one saying about, you know, why why should we? Uh, oh no, everyone went to the Falklands, and um, he was playing like a racist in the eighties and all that type of stuff. He's got that scary charisma, isn't he? Like Paddy Considine in Dead Man's Shoes, oh, you know. Yeah, man. He's got that. You wouldn't mess with him. That's brilliant. Have you, you seen wouldn't? that no. Dead Man's Shoes? No, no. Oh, watch no. that. If anyone hasn't seen Dead Man's Shoes, have you worked with Paddy? No. I've, I work with Paddy. Obviously, in Pride. Him. And uh, he's, he was brilliant. Obviously, in, in his in Pride, he played a character that nobody had ever seen him play before, which is great. And he pulled it off because he's a, he's a phenomenal, versatile actor. Mm. But uh, Dead Man's Shoes is just, it's, it's incredible. One of the great films that is. There's a clip in it, right, where there's um, a guy and he's selling drugs in this bar. And uh, Paddy Conley's just sitting there in the corner, quiet, and he's literally just staring with the stare that if you saw somebody staring at you, you wouldn't go over and say, all right, what's your problem? You'd leave. <laughs> and uh, and what unfolds after that is just, he's brilliant. Is that when he was at his best as well? Yeah, it's a kind of fearless terror in his eyes. Brilliant. So Oscars are in the air. Yeah. Gold, Golden Globes. And uh, so for a, a, a person who is rugby mad, who just probably picks up the nominations and then likes to watch the highlights of it, what what can we expect from it? Lack of diversity, probably. Yeah. Uh, lots of white people winning gongs. 
Um, I've, I'm slightly ambiguous, uh, ambivalent about the whole thing now because every year I'm on a BAFTA jury, so I get hundreds of DVDs and I watch all the films. And <sighs> this is a, a terrible, tragic story. I spent three years watching all the BAFTA films, and even took all the BAFTA films on my honeymoon when we went to Anglesey when we got married about five years ago. Anyway, I got a call three years in, about well, a year ago, saying we're taking you off the um, the voting list because you haven't voted in three years. I went, are you? Are you crazy? I've been, uh, I've watched every hundreds of films, and I've voted and made an opinion on all of them. Yeah, but I don't know. You must have. I, and there was a button I I didn't hit each time. Oh, never! So my wife is like, "Are you kidding me?" Well, so nothing was submitted. Nothing was submitted. <laughs> so hundreds of hours of watching, nearly. So the lack my of diversity wedding. could be your fault. Then could be well be my fault. <laughs> it could well be my fault. Only thing you can do is go on mastermind, specialized subject. <laughs> After nominated films. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, there's something really nauseating about watching incredibly rich people getting prizes for... Celebrated. For making films. It's not surgery. Do you know what I mean? If Ricky you Gervais nailed it. They don't need the Golden Globes. He's, yeah, violent, yeah. He's, he's, I, do you like him? I I I'm not him. a massive fan of him, but I like him ripping shit out of Hollywood. I think it was br- what he yeah. said in the uh, Golden Globes. Um, he went on he, and he said, oh, look, you're actors, you know... When you're coming up here, this isn't a platform for you to make a political speech. You're an actor. You don't live in the real world. You get don't know your award and get off. Yeah, get your award and get off the stage. You don't know what goes on in the real world. Yeah. And um, obviously the BAFTAs were last night, um, and there were some big winners there again. Um, but uh, again, there was, like you said, a massive lack of diversity. All best directors, men, all white men, and it's... You know, there was a few years ago where they boycotted the Oscars, didn't they? Yeah. It's, quite, it's quite hard to believe in this day and age where it's, it is. it's becoming more and more PC, you know? So I find it hard to believe that there isn't that diversity out there in this day and age because in many, you know, many respects, sometimes you get the impression that in a lot of other areas it goes the other way. But you're saying it's not the case in, in, in the film industry, that there's more of an equal level diverse playing field it's it's a weird industry because nowadays a lot more middle class people are getting on because they can afford to sit around and do nothing for months <laughs> whereas a lot of the working class kids are screwed you have to get jobs they have to so it's very difficult to break through if you're working class but if you're middle class then it's it's a strolling you know because you've got trust funds or you've got this and that so there's an awful lot of sort of upper middle class actors around who are sort of mopping things up and that's great but mm. You know, I just think it's a really weird industry to to make any kind of scale of reality from because it's it's so unreal, and there's no, and there's very little kind of. I mean, in terms of diversity, I'm not quite sure what you do because, you know, there's a great film. There's 1917, which was like a really yeah. fantastic concept and really well done. There's a white guy talking about his white granddad. You know, and what what else is there? There's farming. I saw in the Edinburgh Festival, which is this story of how this. Um, this black guy um, joins a skinhead group, and then how he came out of it. And but then you later discover that most of it is fictionalized. Ah. It was sold as a true story, but it was fic- it's, but it's fictionalized. So it's I don't know. I think it's very difficult. I think you get into very, very th- thin ice really when you're trying to f- figure out some kind of social system via the film industry, which yeah. is all about bullshit. Yeah. Which is all about people trying to big themselves up and publicize themselves and to be what they are not. Mm. And so, I, you know, I don't, I don't really, I just don't think it's something you can get too wound up about. With that, though, do you think, like, obviously we mentioned 1917 there. I think they've pretty much cleared up 
a lot of the awards this season. Yeah. Joaquin um, Phoenix, he's won Best Actor. Oh, I think amazing. Every single one. That film, I was in tears in points in that film. Um, he, he's, he's always been an incredible actor. Like I mentioned last You're episode. tears now, mate. I'm not, uh, well, that's just because <laughs> um, I'm emotional. Um, last week I mentioned uh, one of my favourite films with him in is a film called Her where mm. he has a relationship with his new operating system. Yes. And the whole, and I just thought that he spent most of that film acting on his own with a, uh, pretty much with like a mobile phone. Yeah. yeah. And I just thought that was incredible. But um, even though there is a lack of diversity, uh, Still warrant, some talent war- there, yeah. warranted the winners, you know, like we've got 1917 won Best Film. Well, it's fantastically Mendes, predictable, isn't it? Best Director, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. He won. Yeah. Uh, Renny Zellweger won yeah. Best Actress for playing Judy Garland. Do you think these? I d- I just think there might be some problem, especially with the Oscars, in terms of white judges and coming up with mm-hmm. people that you know you could vote for as a as a black director or as a black actor or as a, I, I think there's a problem mm-hmm. institu- institutionally with that. Wow. But um, once again, it's film, you know, and who gives a shit? You know, they're not. We're not saving lives. We're no. We're we're making the the population soporific and unable to revolt against the the horrors of the world. Brilliant insight from you, Phil. You're listening <laughs> to the Tuesday Club episode two with me, Sean Holly, and Kyle Reese. We'll be coming back with down the blind side. Welcome back to Tuesday Club episode two with me, Sean. We got Kyle, Phil as our special guest. Some great insights on the Oscars and all things directing, but uh, we've time to go down the blind side now, Kyle, where we talk a little bit off-field, showbiz and rugby. I know you got something for me. That's it, yeah. No, um, just obviously, we mentioned earlier, the BAFTAs were on last night, and, you know, it's great to see uh, people who are being nominated for awards and the great work they've done, but there's always a few funny stories as well, so I've had a little browse today, and um, Rebel Wilson, I don't know if you know her, she's an Australian actress, she is phenomenally funny, and she's so dry, she presented an award last night, and uh, she came on stage uh, with this dress that was sewn together. One half was red, one half was black. And she opened up with, she said, hello, um, if you're all wondering who I'm wearing tonight, uh, I just threw this piece together. Uh, the red side uh, is a memory for me from when I made the finalist for Miss America. And the black side is because last week I went to a funeral for a feature film I did called Cats. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was brilliant because it wasn't um, very well received <laughs> in, the, um, in, in the press. Or, or everybody, pretty much critics and, uh, you know, just everybody hated it alike. Yeah. I think I seen one person um, who went on a, it's obviously on Twitter, you, can't, you can only post, like, what was it, like 240 characters. I saw one thread, and this person had posted like 15 threads, point one, point two. And the one thing that caught me was, they made this film, uh, it's called Cats, it's about cats, yet they've all got uh, ten fingers, <laughs> and they've got human faces. If you've seen the Broadway musical. I won't be video, watching it. I won't be watching you know, it. They even look like cats. So, yeah. But well, that was funny. And the other thing I thought was funny, um, I'm only going to mention this because it's like a claim to fame I've got. And when I was doing a play in London, in the West End, um, when you're all doing work up there, you get uh, entries to these like special, exclusive VIP sort of members bars. And I just remember sitting there at the bar once and I turned next to me and Victoria Beckham was there. Um, so obviously I know she likes to drink, but apparently she was a bit worse for wear last night. Oh, it's freebies, isn't it? And uh, David Beckham wasn't there. That's why I look after that because he was in Miami with the Super Bowl. 
So she's gone away. <laughs> he's, he's in he's Miami got, and she's he's, in. He's on uh, a lad's trip. But she's gone up to the BAFTAs and uh, got a big drunk story. Oh, is that the, the story? Sorry, is that the punchline of the story? You yeah. sat next door to Victoria Beckham at the bar. Well, that wasn't the punchline. The punchline is she was absolutely wasted last night and right. she couldn't stand up. I thought that was quite funny. So you were suggesting and that you've met Victoria Beckham and really was sat suggest. next to her in the bar, wasn't you? Well, I stood next to her at the bar, I realised, and then I was just like, I said hello and it was just a, a smile and she sort of went, I'm not going to bother talking to him, so... <laughs> but I, I tell you what, I did. That's, meet, that's more like it. Yeah. I, I did meet Gary Lineker, and I did have drinks with Gary Lineker in there. I went in there, and I just finished the last night about playing the West End. It was a big, big night, and I was standing at the bar for ages. And the bar people work in these clubs. If you're not famous, you're always last. So I've been waiting for ages, and then <laughs> Gary Lineker stands next to me at the bar. I think I'm next because everybody's gone. He, he looks at me, he looks at Gary Lineker, and asks Gary Lineker what he wants. And I just look down, shake my head, and Gary Lineker goes, "No." He was first. So I said, thank you very much. So I asked him for, I wanted a drink. And when he'd come over, I said, oh, mate, you haven't got any pork scratchings or a bag of crisps, have you? Now, this is high class, exclusive members club. They, I knew they didn't have anything like that behind the bar. He said, sorry, no, we don't. I turned to Gary Lineker. I said, you haven't got any crisps, mate, have you? Uh, <laughs> I bet he hadn't that one before. <laughs> I know that, but I don't care. He looked at me and he said, yeah, right on, mate. Told me where to go. And he actually said then, he said, you're Welsh. I was like, yeah, he said, oh, my wife, or his wife at the time at was the from time, Ely yeah. in Cardiff. Come over, sit down. And it was me, him, her, and I can't remember his name because I'm not a massive football fan, but I think it was the guy you owned at the time, Crystal Palace, Jordan something or other. Yeah, maybe? Simon Jordan. That's it, yeah. So, but no, that was great. So that was a funny story in there. So we're just going to sit there all night and talk about people you've met, is it? No, not <laughs> at all. Who have you met, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but yeah, so uh, we're going to ask you a couple of questions now, Phil. Obviously, you've the rugby this weekend. You're yep. Welsh, so you're a rugby fan. Yep. If you were to play any position in rugby, or if there was a star or a famous rugby player, who would you be in that situation growing up it was jpr williams jpr i put a great wig on you and you're not far off mate uh, he was like a god to me <laughs> when i was a kid just mm. the tackles the fact that he stitched his own cheek split his cheek and he was stitching it on the <laughs> touchline uh but then he worked on my ankle as a surgeon really yeah screwed my ankle up oh did he, did he yeah. actually <laughs> he did i was got i was in a crash and i was taking it to end and I thought I'm going to meet JPR Williams and he comes over and uh, I'm like hi JPR and he says right well I'll have you Saturday so as I'm wheeled into the, into the surgery on a Saturday morning the last thing I hear is JPR Williams saying let's get this under because there's a match on <laughs> and then when I came out of the surgery when I went to the doctor they went oh my god who did this to your foot I said what do you mean he said, there's not enough pins in it. You've got to have the cast back on. Williams. Do you know what? Any Welsh fan that goes in, even if he'd put his foot on the wrong way round, he'd be like, oh, thanks, mate. Thanks, yes. mate. Can you sign there? Thanks for that. Well, who's going to be you then, Kyle? Who's going to be me? Wait, which player? Um, Graham Price. Graham Price. Tell us why, Sean. 1975. He was brilliant, tight dead. 1975, debut in Paris, scored a wonder try. And he's, you know, fantastic. Uh, but he was an amazing player. But th there's a link now, Phil, isn't there? There's a link. Uh, when we shot Being Human in Newport, done with the Transporter Bridge, um, we had a cafe sequence and we had a load of um, background actors come in. 
Graham Price. Graham Price. Graham Price. <laughs> Working as an extra. He's he an was. Extra, That's though. legendary. He was great. Don't have Bobby Windsor. He ruined the players. He's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's brilliant. I'd like to see more rugby players come into the I world. I think we need more. Yeah. Well, Ray, Ray Gravel did some acting, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he was good you know, too, yeah. Scott Quinnell now is taking to the, to a bit of the camera, isn't he? With uh, not Gavin Stacey, Stella. 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 He's on he's that. Also isn't he? There was um, something I went up for a couple of years ago about a new travel agency in Wales, which is called. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called now, but I seen a little clip of Scott and he was doing um, uh, he, they had to present um, a new advert for the company and uh, he was phenomenal he's great man. he was like I, oh, so uh, this is Go Wales oh we're going to be <laughs> you've got to come and scream it was brilliant yeah that passion he's a great after dinner speaker you know, he is he's, he puts so much into it So um, he's great with people as well I've been to a yeah. few um, boxes in the stadium where he's been there and he's just so I can remember once the last time I ever took my grandfather um, before he passed away to the stadium and I said look can you come over and have a chat and he came and he was with us for about 15 minutes you know mm. just chatting and having banter and we all had photos mm. but he's great he's no Sean Ollie but you know <laughs> too kind see, I do like you mine see sometimes. not everybody does huh? <laughs> um, Owen Farrell we got to go on to Owen Farrell this week yeah. last week we did Alan Wynn Alan obviously. Wynn yeah so it's the captains of the six nations we are choosing actors who would play that captain so this week is england um i'm not gonna be nice uh, just because they had uh, a bit of defeat over there but uh, who's yours sean what actor well i i thought long and hard about this because uh, i got a lot of time for owen farrell right i think he's a tough boy he's an excellent rugby player to play 10 and 12 at that level you know i i do like him but i think he's a bit of a you know cover boy as well i think he's a bit of a good looker you know he's so I'm going to go for Leonardo DiCaprio. Now, before you say anything, <laughs> it's not the Wolf of Wall Street, right? No. I'm going to go for Leo. Leo. <laughs> Leo. In that film, The now. Revenant. Because if you watch that film, The Revenant, he's hard as nails. He gets half killed, drags himself through all the snow and the rivers and so on, and then gets revenge. So it's, it's Leonardo DiCaprio for Owen Farrell in The Revenant. All right. I, I, I could go with that. How about you? Um, I think there was only one choice for me. Eh? Uh, Sean Bean. <laughs> Definitely yeah, the Northern accent. The Northern accent. Uh, when I was growing up, my mother every Sunday used to have sharp on, and I used to love him every time Owen Farrell um, makes a tackle and it's a bit too high. I know he's turning around going bastard, <laughs> <laughs> which Sean Bean says a million times yeah. in sharp. So it's Sean Bean for me. He does say it like that. Yeah, fair play. Well, given, well, this will betray my level of respect for the English rugby in general, but for Colin Farrell in particular. Um, Sid Little. Sid Little. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got, you know, charisma, glasses. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, Owen Farrell's um, just unfollowed Phil. There. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything else for Down the Blind Side? Yes. Um, I wanted to mention something. I don't know if you know about this, but obviously there's lots of brilliant podcasts out there as well. Um, one of the best ones out there, personally, I've listened to a lot, is Flats and Shanks. Mm. Now, they've done a little bit for ITV last week, and there was a question posed to them um, about if there was going to be a, a band, who, what characters from the rugby world now would be in there. And they, they give you a little bit of praise and said that you would uh, turn up and you've got on your guitar and you play songs, but then they give you a bit of stick, didn't they? I don't know, I haven't heard it. Yeah, I think it was... Um, <laughs> Flatman gave you a bit of stick and said that... Um, I can't remember what else it was... Um, you turn up at every 
every after dinner speaking event with a guitar, like Ron Burgundy with the jazz flute. Like, no, oh no, I didn't. Uh, you want me to sing? Oh yeah, go my guitar. Just yeah, it's got. I got it handy in the car. So yeah, give me a yeah. bit of stick there, mate. Anything. I can imagine. I can imagine if uh, what it's like, you know. Being somebody who doesn't play a musical instrument, I can imagine what it's like, mate. Flats uh, is a great bloke. And so is Shanks. They do a great job, don't they? Yeah, so uh, I'll take that, mate. I'll take that stick. You are good, though. I am. I'm, well, I'm probably getting his gigs. That's probably his, his issue. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of jealousy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're great blokes. They're good fun, actually. Good banter. Well, that was down the blind side. That's great, uh, great stuff there. Owen Farrell will be absolutely delighted with that. Now, it's time for us to take some listeners' questions. You can ask us questions here, our special guests, uh, myself, Sean, or Kyle. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Tuesday Club underscore and also on Instagram, Tuesday Club Podcast. What, uh, what have we got from our followers, listeners, Kyle? Right, yeah, we've had a load in this week. Um, first one we've got is for Brett Thomas. So he's asked, Kyle, have you ever auditioned for a part and thought, I'm not going to be able to show this to my nan? <laughs> um, no, I haven't until recently. As soon as I read the, the script directions in between uh, the actual dialogue, I was just like, oh my God, I cannot believe I've never been up for anything like this before. And then the second part of his question was, Sean, what do you think of the development pathway Oh, wait, I remember you killed me on this question once before. <laughs> I remember that. He asked me in a Q&A, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And I rinsed him on it. But uh, It was brilliant. I just want to set the scene through, Phil. Um, a couple of years ago, Sean helped me with a, uh, a charity night for Valindra. And we had Reese Webb come down and Sean um, and Reese did a brilliant job. But obviously, Sean will take it out to the audience for questions. Um, when, this boy, Brett, he's played rugby all his life. And we're all having a crack. Sean's funny, Reese is funny, there's funny questions coming in, and then everyone's having a great night, and Brett pulls up with this question, which honestly lasted about three minutes, and Sean had a pause, and turned around and replied, well, we were all having a good night before that question. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody erupted, and Brett went red. Well, I tell you, I'll answer Brett's question, um, we were having a good podcast until that question came up, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brett. What else we got? Um, we have got a question from... Swing path golf. Hmm. Best half penny has played in five or six years. Would you agree, Phil? Uh, he plays like a demon every time he plays. I can't. I, I couldn't criticize him. Uh, he, he is playing well. He's playing well for the Scarlets as well. And you know, I think I, uh, I showed something in my analysis about Wales looking to run the ball back from kicks. Yeah. And it was great to see Lee showing that intent. Um, but he's such a secure fullback. I think he will go with him again in Ireland. Liam Williams isn't fit yet, but the issue will be if George needs to push back out to the wing, if he keeps getting up some form, if Liam Williams comes back, if McNichol can play fullback, whether he is more suited to the PVAC style, you know, it, it might be a little bit of the end of Lee Halfpenny in that way. But certainly showing his intent, and I agree. Yeah, thanks for the question, Swing Path Golf. It's, um, it's certainly a rich vein of form that Lee's in. Interesting enough as well, and this is probably an indicator, even though Dan Bigger and Lee Halfpenny were on the field, Dan Bigger assumed the kicking responsibilities. Yeah. So that'll tell you that maybe if Liam comes back or George goes to the wing, McNichol to 15, you know, that, that could signal why that was happening. Dan's a brilliant goal kicking anyway. But it, uh, it was nice to see him as well. As a fan, you, you know how strong Halfpenny always is in defence, his kicking, his second and none. But even when he didn't kick the ball back, he mm. would always 
it always seemed like he'd find the first yeah. defender and run straight into them. He's so brave, and he's it's po- great he's to see him breaking the breaking the lines yeah. and going through gaps. He's a pocket rocket. That's what he is. Um, <laughs> right, we've got one last question here. Uh, this is from Dale Bowen at D Bowen eighty nine. Sean and Kyle, do you think Sam Fields in Port Talbot has too many speed bumps? <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, that's. I, th- I think so. I don't think you can have too many speed bumps, Kyle. Particularly in some fields, right? We all know about the boy races <laughs> up and down by the the cinema and the and the and the Lido there. Uh, I got to be honest. <laughs> I love my eldest son. He he learned to drive. Passed his test last year, and uh, you know what it's like for kids. They can't afford the petrol money, can they? So he now with his little car refuses to go over speed bumps. So he'd rather go like five miles out of his way rather than go over speed bumps, costing him a fortune <laughs> in petrol. <laughs> um, uh, by the way, our thanks for all your questions this week. We are now going to finish with a look ahead to the next week of the Six Nations. Uh, obviously, Wales won to, uh, last week, sorry, um, 42-0. Not going to be the same story when they go to Dublin Saturday. No, but I did think Scotland played really well against Ireland. Possibly could have won it. I think so. So it yeah. shows that they're still a little bit fallible. Uh, I think Wales had a nice introduction. They'd be full of confidence, no injuries uh, that I can see, uh, major ones, maybe one or two to come back. So who's to say we can't go out there and build our momentum, Phil? Because Six Nations, as we've seen under Warren Gatland, is all about momentum, isn't it? It is. 25-15. There you go. That's your prediction. I was going to come on to prediction. Yeah. To Wales? Yep. <laughs> Well, yeah. you know, Wales haven't won there, mate, since 2012. No, no you know, never say never. No, I, I agree. I think Wales can go there and win. And who knows what can happen then? Beat France at home. My goodness, go to Twickers. Well, they're tackling now, aren't they? They're tackling now. Yeah. yeah, they are. Stand the tackle, aren't they? Brutal. The brutality <laughs> came all from the French, didn't they? Ferocious. Well, the predictions are France to win with a bonus point in Italy, Scotland to beat England. I know. I yeah. know. Oh, two from two <laughs> losses, Eddie. And Wales to win. With a lot of points. I think it's going to be something like 28-24. Good stuff. Brilliant oh, predictions. Can't wait. I'm obviously going to say Wales. Wales. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got, oh, I got I it keep, in. I keep forgetting. <laughs> I keep forgetting. It's because I'm working now, see? Um, I think Wales 19, Ireland 12. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game because the defences are just too good. Yeah, well. um, I think, I hope Scotland... Beat, especially after last year, I think they'll have they'll take that. They'll watch the videos. Um, who knows if Finn Russell will be there and if he will kick or not? Um, but uh, and yeah, France for me. I think France will go to it, uh, stay in Paris and get a great win. There you go. That's another Tuesday Club podcast done. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Tuesday Club underscore and on Instagram Tuesday Club podcast. Thanks, Kyle, Phil. Thanks for being an amazing guest. Our no, first live guest on the Tuesday no, Club. It's been dreamy. Good luck with the Anthony Hopkins film. I hope it comes off. Yep. We hope the Batalba boy comes uh, to his senses. Sounds good. And enjoy the rest of the Six Nations. Thank you. Wales. The Tuesday Club is available to listen to on Spotify and iTunes.